I continue to, to reflect on St. Paul's letter to the Romans. As you know, he gives us a, an incredible summary of what this fa our faith is all about. If we were to look at the gospel, uh, the letter to the Romans, we could say it kind of summarizes the gospels for us. St. Paul wrote to the Romans because, as you know, he did not start the community of faith there. It was people who were coming from different places. As you know, this was the capital of the Roman Empire, and so there were Christians coming, and they were coming from different walks of life. There were some who were servant slaves, some who were from well-to-do families. And so St. Paul wanted to make sure that what they believe in is truly authentic. As you know, the Gospels were written you know, after 60 AD, and then and St. Paul wrote the letter in the 50s, 52, 53, perhaps 54 when, when he arrived in Rome. So what we have to do is we have to remember that this was the letter that gave them a type of summary of their faith. And, and it also gave them you know, the, the, uh, the key elements of what Christianity is all about. So this is what we have to look at, you know, because if we see, well, they had gospels to read, well, they didn't have the gospels yet because they were not written. They were orally, yes, they were spoken orally. They heard the preaching of Peter, they heard the preaching of, of, of Paul, perhaps, and maybe some of them were coming from the former communities of faith in, in the, which St. Paul started. But nonetheless, so we have here um, like a summary of the faith. And so at the end, yes, on Monday, we read something about, you know, the gift of the Holy Spirit, which believers are received, the gift of the Holy Spirit by which they can call God Father, our Father. So they're not afraid of God, but it is the Holy Spirit that enables them not only to accept God, but also to accept that love, to accept that tenderness that he has for him. And St. Paul says, it is because of the gift of the Holy Spirit he was given to you. And you can cry out to God, Abba, Father. You can trust this Abba uh, like the true, the true Father. And so, and then St. Paul says at the end of the reading on Monday, the Spirit himself bears witness with our, with our spirit, which means that, you know, we who are made of body and soul and spirit. And St. Paul says the Holy Spirit joins our spirit and starts transforming us from within. So the Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and, and joint heirs with Christ, so that we shall share the glory of God. The glory of God, the glory is the, is the gift of divinity, that which we cannot even grasp what, what that is. But it's the, the most incredible, uh, without, we cannot even understand what God has prepared for those who love him. So to share his glory, to share his divinity. So, so St. Paul says, the spirit has already been given to you. And, and the spirit has been given to you. And so you are able to, to experience you're able to see, not in that fullness of the sense, but you already have become inheritors, heirs with Christ. But now, but he only made one statement here, but if only we are to suffer with him so, we, so that we may also be glorified with him. So he made a statement, if only we were be able to suffer with him. Well, he knows 
that those who accept Christianity have to suffer in whatever way, accusations, you know, confrontations, everything else. But, but then he goes and says, but if we are to, if we're able to suffer with him, so we may be glorified with him. And today, the, the Saint, Saint Paul's letter continues. So there's no, no break there. And he says, now, I consider, immediately he gives witness, I consider the sufferings of this present time as nothing compared with the glory to be revealed for us. I consider these sufferings. And St. Paul did suffer, as you know. He was stoned several times. He shipwrecked, you know, he was threatened with life. I mean, he, he, when he embraced Jesus, he suffered quite a bit. And so when St. Paul says, I consider the sufferings of this present time, my own personal sufferings, but the process the sufferings of humanity at this present time is nothing compared with the glory to be revealed for us. Okay, so immediately he makes a statement, a very powerful statement. Look at your life. And that can be all kinds of sufferings, you know, um, you know, growing sufferings, being a teenager, going through all the problems, you know, marriage, marriage problems, difficulties. Human beings can exactly always agree the difficulties with, with, with illnesses, all kinds of things. And so these are the sufferings of the present time for all of us. And you know, and, and, but, but St. Paul says, when you look at this as Christians, as believers, he says, they're nothing in comparison to the future glory that we shall have. And we can say perhaps something like this, okay, well, you know, you, you know parents say, you know, you know, study for your exams, whatever it is, because then you're gonna get a degree, you're gonna get a better job, okay? So if you're a good football player, or especially with football season, work out, you know, get yourself ready and so on, and then you get, receive the benefits of, uh, of being stronger, which means that on one level, all of us know this, that, you know, you sort of invest in the future even after struggle, but, but there's a little bit more there than that, because sometimes, you know, we may get ourselves ready and things don't work out. So, or, you know, we get, you know, we, we get into accidents or whatever. And so St. Paul speaks of not only our own, but he said the present time and the present time in which we live. But St. Paul goes beyond something. And he says to us, for creation awaits the, with eager expectation the revelation of the children of God. Why would they be? Why would creation, not only human beings, but all creation, seems like, what is he saying? What is he talking about? He, what he's saying is that human beings, because of original sin, because of original rebellion, have introduced into world sufferings and pain, have introduced into this world all kinds of trials. And so what he's saying is this, it, it is what he presumes because, because he knows through revelation what took place and he knows in himself as early in his letter to Saint, uh, in, in the letter to Romans, he says, I don't know what's wrong with me because I do the things which I don't want to do and I don't do the things which I ought to do. The old original sin is still dwelling in me. And so he knows the struggles, he knows the difficulties, but he not only says we, but he says the whole creation, the whole creation is also suffering. And, and why? Because we, the crown of creation, have rejected God. We don't want to listen to him. We don't want to trust him. And so therefore, our sin also touches creation. Touches creation. Seems like, you know, when we look at the world the way it is, and even created botanical nature or, or animal kingdom, 
this seems to be not always what it is, and we, we have an effect on them. Original sin has an effect on them, and that's why St. Paul says, uh, the, why for creation awaits with eager expectation, revelation of the children of God, meaning the, revela- the, the creation awaits us, those who have embraced Christ, those who have been touched by grace, those who have been, who receive salvation, redemption, that the whole creation is awaiting. So it's not this, you know, we can say, okay, well, we're okay, we're fine, but what about all the other people on this earth? What about all the other people? What about nature? What about uh, the, the, the created world around us? Why the Lord wants to give this world, this whole creation, something extraordinary through his son, and we're the recipients. So the creation is, is awaiting uh, with eager expectation, the revelation of the children of God, because creation was made subject to futility, not of its own accord, but because of the one who subjected it. And so be, futility is because of sin, consequences of sin, and that in, in, the, in hope that creation itself would be set free from slavery to corruption and share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. I mean, is, is, is St. Paul going beyond? I mean, what is he saying? He's saying that all creation, not only us as human beings, but all creation will share in God's glory. We do not understand all of it, but St. Paul sees and realizes that because, because sin entered the world and, the, and, 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 and all kinds of uh, trials and problems, difficulties, including death, enter the world. And we know this, we know this. We experience the sinfulness of one another, we lack of faith or, you know, or the you know, egotistic tendencies, whatever it may be, or the violence, everything else that's there. So we know we, we are looking for that. Because, because only God can give us and God can set this. And so, and St. Paul continues, he says, we know that all creation is groaning in labor pains even until now. And not only that, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit, we also groan within ourselves as we await, as we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. So we, we cannot be God by nature. Only God is by nature God. Jesus and the Holy Trinity share in the divinity, in the divine being. But we have been adopted. Like adopted children share in the adoption, the family, the new family, their blessings, uh, everything that they experience. So St. Paul says this is what we did because Christ, uh, by, his, by, by sharing our humanity, he gave us the gift of adoption, adoption of sons and daughters, so we can share the fullness of the glory of God. So as we can see that on one level, yes, we, we share in the sufferings of, 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 of us, of, all of us as human beings share in the sufferings, which are part and parcel of our human, human life here in the aftermath of the original sin. But there's the other one is that promise, the promise that God is giving to us, the promise that we share. And, and it's that which we cannot even grasp, but it is real, it's there for us. And so St. Paul continues and he says, see right now we still are sharing in this suffering, but we already have received the gift of adoption 
and we already are receiving the gifts of redemption. The redemptive grace is given to us. We were, we were redeemed, but we participate in the redemption. It's like we already received the gift, the general gift, but now in order for us to, to partake of it, we have to receive it each individually. Say, no, Lord, I want to be with you. I want to receive your gifts. I want to be, uh, be, uh, be your son and daughter. I want to share in that glory that you have for me. And then Saint St. Paul says, so now, for now, for in hope we are saved. In hope. This hope is a gift. It's one of those uh, theological virtues that means hope is something that we already have waiting for us, but is not here yet. So now hope in Christian sense is not a wishful thinking. I wish, I hope in a sense that like people say, well, I wish this would happen something that will happen for us as Christians. Hope is a reality. Hope is a reality that waits for us already, is waiting for us, because what happened is that God, through his Son, already redeemed us. And we who believe, we who follow Christ, who ask him for his mercy, we who, we who trust in him, we already have a gift waiting for us, the gift of life of glory. It's already waiting for us. This is why St. Paul says, in hope, we are already saved. You know, remember the, the, the encyclical that Pope Benedict XVI wrote is also in hope we're saved. Hope that saves. Hope is the reality that is already prepared for us. And so, so this is where St. Benedict wrote that beautiful, beautiful encyclical in hope. And hope. Because he wants to us not to forget what's waiting for us. Because sometimes we have a tendency and living in a cultural environment where secularism is the, is, the, is the law of the land, and we don't think about the future. We, you know, we get trapped in our own thinking, just like everybody else, even though we do have faith, but our faith is not as strong. And so we kind of prepare as though there is no heaven. We live here on earth as though there is no heaven. And, and, and we kind of say, well, if there is heaven, then you know, I, I, I kind of accept. But I think for St. Paul, and also for Pope Benedict, when he wrote this encyclical, he was very clear. No, for us Christians and for all the people of this earth, because we do not know when they participate in, 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 the, in, in, in God's, God's way, because they have conscience and they can follow their conscience. If they go against conscience, then they cannot serve God. So conscience is, is the measure of, the, of people who are not Christians, who follow God, and God in his mercy will, will take him home. So, but, but for St. Paul, it's very clear that we are to live in that hope of glory. We are to live with that anticipation of what God has prepared for us. Because otherwise, we, our, our spirits get, get, get down, and we don't see things, and we get trapped, especially with the difficulties, the problems of, of, of the sufferings we have to endure here. We can kind of lose that perspective. We lose that, that anticipation of what God has prepared for us. But for us, hope is not just a hope of something that we, we, we are waiting for, but hope, which is visible hope, and that visible hope is in Jesus. He rose from the dead. We know this. This is not something that we cannot imagine. Well, no, St. John, in his letter, he says, we do not exactly know what we shall be, but we know that we shall be like him. We shall be like him, which means that we don't have to fear what this future is like, because in him we have the reality already. 
we have, we see him, the, the witnesses, eyewitnesses, all the, all the gospel writers, all the, you know, the, the, the all more than 500 people at, in the early church who have seen him, who have seen him risen from the dead. They gave witness that they have seen him not only alive, but see him in glorified body. And as Peter and John, James also saw him even in transfiguration, in anticipation what his, his body was like. So, so they know and they gave their life for it because they have seen him. They have, they have, they have walked with him and, 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 and spent you know, 40 days so, uh, with him after the resurrection. So, so they know, so that hope now for, but he says, for, hope, for who hopes for what is one sees, but if we hope for what we do not see, we await with endurance. So, because we cannot fully see, but we know already the truth. We know it by, by the witness of others. So what we do is we have hope, but, but in the meantime, we wait with endurance. Endurance, it means we perseverance is another term. We have a perseverance, we persevere. No matter what happens, we still know that he's with us, that he's real, that he has given us himself, that he has redeemed us. He will be there with, with us always. He'll support us with the spirit. He'll grant us the, 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 the knowledge that comes and flows through the scripture and also through the sacraments. And you see here it is with the gospel today with Jesus speaking, what is that kingdom, the gift, the gift, that spiritual gift that we have received, the gift of faith, even though it may be the smallest, like a tiny, like you know, a, a seed that looks like a you know, poppy seed seed, you know, and yet it can grow into something very large, which means that the gift of faith can produce extraordinary uh, fruitfulness. So the Lord says, don't get discouraged. The kingdom has been given, even if it's tiny. And it starts with, with our saying yes to Jesus. Lord, I want to believe. I want to love you. I want to serve you. I want to be with you. It's just, that's, a, that's the gift of that little seed. And then, you know, through baptism, which we receive, the sacraments we receive, we participate and partake in the kingdom. And so therefore that, you know, that, that small piece of yeast that is put into a batch of dough, it produces ultimately dough and bread. Because otherwise, if you don't have that dough, you know what happens. If you don't have a good dough, you know, nothing, you can, can put the dough into a, into an oven, which I once did. I wasn't too sure what happened, but, but there was nothing except flat dough, hot, flat, wet dough. There's nothing there. And I, and I know that something must have happened with my yeast because I tried it and you know, I didn't try it since then. So I'm not too sure who that could produce, but other people do. But, but it is what it's called. But you receive this gift and then you have beautiful bread. Bread, not only to nourish our bodies, but bread of heaven. The Eucharist, we have that, the gift that God gives. And so, so, so what we have with us is extraordinary gift that we cannot fully grasp or understand. But this is what St. Paul wants, make, wants to make sure that the, all the followers of Christ are mature men and women grasp and understand, not be afraid of the sufferings, not be afraid of sufferings because there are consequences of original sin, not to be afraid of, of even creation. That seems to be all kinds of things which we, we do not wish, you know, the cataclysms and everything else that we, are, that we shouldn't, we can't be afraid. But we embrace 
as St. Paul says to us, you know, on that Monday's uh, first reading, that if only we are to join our sufferings with him, because they become redemptive, we share, you know, we say, Lord, I'm uniting everything that I have to go through, the difficulties of my family life, whatever it may be, I unite it with you, and then the sufferings are united with Christ. And so when we, and so only when we join our sufferings with him, so that we may be glorified with him. May we then today, as we continue with the sacred liturgy, remain constant, perdure, or persevere in that call, because what awaits us is beyond our grasp to understand, even imagine, as St. Paul says, an eye has not seen, an ear has not heard, nor has it ever, ever entered into imagination, human imagination, what God has prepared for those who love him. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.